cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Emily Paxia, Managing Director of Poseidon Partners. Emily, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? I'm great, and thank you so much for having me. Before you got into the space, were you always interested in being cannabis? Was there something that kind of led you to that? Can you kind of take us before you hopped in? Yeah, uh, no, I was not always interested in being in cannabis. Um, it, it's funny. I feel like, you know, there's that expression of like, there's no, there's no such thing as luck. There's just knowing, having the awareness to recognize an opportunity when it comes along. The way that it first became uh, clear to me that there's an opportunity in cannabis. Well, a way to think about cannabis was unfortunately back when our parents both were sick with cancer, first our father, and it came up as a palliative care option that was still illicit, but it was just one of those things that came up and it was brought up by a hospice nurse. And then the next way it came to me was by way of when I moved from New York to San Francisco and saw the legal the semi-legal market. It was a gray medical market that had been around since 1996. Um, but you, you know, there in this day and age, it's not a lot of retail locations that you see people lining up outside of the doors to get in. And that was one of the first times it really kind of like went off like a light bulb. And I remember one time I was riding in the back of my friend's car, we were going over the Golden Gate Bridge and I was flipping through the SF Weekly and there was um, advertisements for brands of cannabis. And I was like, what is going on here? And so I started looking more into what had been going on from a market standpoint, started studying up on the history of medical cannabis in California. And um, and that's kind of how it came to be. So I want to stay back in, in 2012, 2014. What was the cannabis industry like back then? You know, when early days of investing in cannabis, there were... Um, serious limitations. So for example, in California, they were, you know, nonprofits or mutual benefit corporations. And so can't really take equity stakes in businesses like that, but you can lend money to them. And so there are ways you can start to think about participating. The same thing was true with, for example, in Colorado, unless you were a resident, you could not invest on the equity side into those companies. And so you have to get really creative and thoughtful about how you participate. So let's talk about Poseidon Partners. Can you share a little bit about the value it brings to the space? Yeah. So uh, Poseidon was co-founded by my brother and myself. Um, so 2021, we had a really exciting thing where we had Patrick Ray from Canopy Boulder. And we met him in January of 2014 at an ArcView meeting. And I remember we were watching a pitch kind of competition and um, we just hit it off with them and and became pretty close and have worked together with them. We've co-invested with them. And I think his experience of launching and running a business accelerator in this industry gave him so much access to how these early stage companies start up and run and, and the way that you can kind of help them to navigate through those stages and make connections. And it was something I always really admired. And then we decided to come together to launch our, our newest strategy. So um, that's been really great. And then we've got Andres on the team and Andres comes from an interesting venture and MBA background. And then we have uh, Colin who's joining the team who comes from a background of 
doing research and, and analysis on cannabis companies. So he's got a really interesting background. And then we've got Tyler, who um, is running, helping to run our ETF. And he's based out of New York, comes from like Goldman background, processes along the way. So, you know, the whole team has built out and it's really exciting to see that we're kind of spanning the US. So we've got California, Colorado, Florida, New York. And I, I think there's some great tentpoles for, <laughs> for the firm, but um, it's been really great to grow it and to watch how everyone comes to the table with the same level of enthusiasm and passion for the industry. Is there a certain strategy aspect? Is it more operational guidance? You know, what, what role does your team play in expanding on that? Are there kind of nuances that you can share that you've learned from one company that you can kind of bring to the other, or are they kind of separate entities that you don't really want to mix and match the information. We do try to be value add in terms of we do a lot of we spend a lot of time vetting and evaluating service providers. So maybe we can make great introductions for legal, for insurance, for outsourced accounting support, FPNA support. So those are certain things that I mean, if you can save time as a founder and get good referrals for good service providers, you're already starting with a leg up. The other thing is that our team will also kind of vet and stress test financial models as we're investing. And so we become an ongoing sounding board on that. Um, the other thing we I would say is that we really try to help set up these companies with good corporate governance. I want to stay and I want to talk more about challenges right now. What do you think is a common challenge that's over overlooked by majority of the space? Recruiting talent is a definite challenge, and it's been made harder by this whole great resignation thing and the fact that the workforce has been disrupted. So there's there's a lot of pain points around that. But even just yesterday, I was I was in Park City and I was getting a ride from an Uber, and the fellow had owned a chain of um, suit stores. His son just took it over from him, and now he's in retirement driving Uber for fun. Uh, nicest guy, but he was saying, like, even them, they're having trouble sourcing people to work in the in the stores. It's just a tough time to hire and attract talent. And, um, you know, some of the companies I work with are now these big billion-dollar companies in cannabis, and they're having a hard time recruiting talent into the C-suite. What is one idea, fact, or statistic that m- most individuals who work in the cannabis industry wouldn't know? That they wouldn't know? I think one of the statistics that people wouldn't realize is how f- that there's like really one to two to three actual insurance underwriters that'll touch the industry. And yeah, the hard yeah <laughs> and I, I think one of the biggest issues that was going to be one of the, and I think what people don't realize is how that affects the cost of doing business is when you can't have ordinary business services like a or normal insurance. I mean, we talk about banking all the time, but the insurance piece is, is one of the un, unfortunate side effects. So I would say that and that like our insurance premiums are, I mean, what we pay for insurance has got to be at least like three X what other people pay in other businesses. In many instances, more. One guest from your High Rise podcast that wowed you? Andrea Cabral from Ascend. I mean, obviously I'm in, I'm on the board of Ascend, but Andrea Cabral was the sheriff in, in the Boston area. Um, and she came, I mean, to see a law enforcement person come over to the industry, I feel like I, I can never hear her story enough. It's totally inspiring. Favorite under the radar cannabis company or brand that you think will explode over the next two years? Well, so full disclosure, I'm an investor, but I think this company called Wonder, the way they do their beverages is my, it's my favorite beverage. I actually, not only am I an investor, I'm also a client. Would you trade no cannabis consumption for 10 years for the Buffalo Bills to play in the Super Bowl? 
<laughs> Sorry, Bills. <laughs> I got to keep my endocannabinoid system uh, cruising along here. Your, your state that you have your eye on. Alabama. Ooh, that is an interesting answer. I like it. Since you've been in the cannabinoid industry, what has been the biggest misconception? Um, that the people who work at cannabis companies are quote unquote stoners. Um, and so first of all, I'll start by saying I I love stoners. And I think that the word in a pejorative sense is misused terribly. And I think all of us should honor and respect the people who built this long before we felt safe enough to get involved. And so I have a lot of respect for the people who came before me. So Emily, for, for those who are interested in getting in touch or wanting to learn more, where can they reach you? Poseidon.partners is our website. So you can send in inquiries through that. And then uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Poseidon Invest. Wait. <laughs> I'll link them all up in the show notes. And also on Twitter spaces too. Yeah, Twitter spaces. Morgan and Tyler are doing the closing bell with Poseidon, CCWP, uh, twice a week. So tune in. It's obviously at one o'clock Pacific, four o'clock Eastern. And um, yeah, you can follow me on the high rise with Cy Scott. That's always a fun thing. And I'm MPAX1 at Twitter. I'm pretty active on there. Awesome. Yeah, we'll link all up in the show notes. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.